I'm Alison Steele, the Nightbird, with a Woodstock Minute. Very few people realize that most groups appearing at the Woodstock Festival did not make it into the Woodstock movie. Artists such as Leslie Weston Mountain, Creedence Clearwater Revival, and the Jefferson Airplane. But the most glaring error was the omission of Larry Fine of the Three Stooges, whose backstage contributions were the backbone of the festival. This is beautiful. It's beautiful. Hey, who is that ugly broad? Janet Joplin? I wouldn't f her with chimps. Yes, Larry Fine was feeling no pain. Hey, Mo, I'm getting dizzy. What's hashish? It wasn't long before the crowd was won over by Larry as he led them in the infamous rain chant. Hey, come on, you ass. It's raining out. We gotta make it stop raining. Larry got to know stars like Jimi Hendrix. Hey, Jimmy, is it my imagination or has Santana's drummer been taking a solo for a day and a half? <laughs> hey, man, Larry, you are so cool. Thanks, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, who's the darkie with the needle in his arm? That's my good friend. We experiment with drugs together. Larry was asked to make several stage announcements which wasn't so easy because he was drunk. Oh, please don't eat the brown asses. I'm warning you, please get off those towers. I had long hair before any of you jerk-offs. Get on off those towers, you hard-ons. Don't eat the brown asses, I'm warning you. And somebody find me a whore. Larry advised many of the up-and-coming stars like Country Joe and the Fish. Hey, Mr. Fine, excuse me, you got a minute? Hey, country, how you doing? Hey, what are you and the fishes gonna do when you get out on stage? Oh, man, I don't know what to do. I got no ideas. I got it. Why don't you go out there and spell f Hey, man, great idea. Now get out there before I take an axe handle to your colon. Country Joe was truly inspired. Give me an F! Go for it, country. Give me a U! Hey, don't forget the K. At the end. Larry doubted his usefulness at Woodstock, but he soon realized he was an integral part of the festival. In one of Larry's last recorded interviews, he spoke in great detail about the three days of peace and love. What do you remember about Woodstock? Well, I felt out of place until I saw Shanana. Did you do drugs? I said to Mo, let's trip. We have nothing to lose. I tie-dyed my hair. Was there alcohol abuse oh yes i started drinking when i heard crosby stills and nash to this day if you listen to crosby stills and nash you could hear faintly in the background a drunken larry fine singing along with the group it's getting to the point where i'm no fun anymore <laughs> larry fine not just one of the Three Stooges, but an integral part of the Woodstock Festival. Moe gave Jimmy the lighter fluid idea for lighting the guitar. So you take credit for that? Yeah. I said, let the Schwarzer light himself on fire and his stupid guitar. Are you bitter about Woodstock? Bitter? Hell yeah. Those the schnooks at Warner Brothers stiffed me on the movie deal for Woodstock. Larry Fine, the forgotten stooge. I'm Allison Steele with another Woodstock Minute. Your stop for the art of critical thinking in an age of too much, so much information. Radio Zeitgeist.
Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, sometimes you wonder just how filthy and dishonest our news media are. You'll be in the shower and you'll think they're bad, but how bad are they? Well, here's one measure of their badness. You can try this at home. Ask yourself, is any news organization you know of so corrupt that it's willing to hurt you on behalf of its biggest advertisers? Anyone who do that is obviously Pablo Escobar level corrupt and should not be trusted. What would that look like? That level of corruption. Well, imagine that the Trump administration had made it mandatory for American citizens to buy my pillow. That's one of Fox News' biggest advertisers. Imagine the administration declared that if you didn't rush out and buy at least one my pillow, and then at least another booster pillow, you would not be allowed to eat out. You couldn't re-enter your own country. You couldn't have a paying job. My pillow, they told you with a straight face, was the very linchpin of our country's public health system. Now imagine as they told you that, that Fox, as a news organization, endorsed it, amplified the government's message. Imagine if Fox News attacked anyone who refused to buy my pillow as an ally of Russia, as an enemy of science. And then imagine that Fox kept up those libelous attacks, even as evidence mounted that my pillow caused heart attacks, fertility problems, and death. If Fox News did that, what would you think of Fox News? Would you trust us? Of course you wouldn't. You would know that we were liars. Thank heaven, Fox News never did anything like that. But the other channels did. The other channels took hundreds of millions of dollars from big pharma companies. And then they shilled for their sketchy products on the air. And as they did that, they maligned anyone who was skeptical of those products. At the very least, this was a moral crime. It was disgusting. But it was universal. It happened across the American news media. They all did it. So at this point, the question isn't who in public life is corrupt, too many to count. The question is, who is telling the truth? There are not many of those. One of them is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Robert Kennedy knew early that the COVID vaccines were both ineffective and potentially dangerous, and he said so in public to the extent he was allowed. Science has since proven Robert F. Kennedy Jr. right, unequivocally right. But Kennedy was not rewarded for this. He was vilified. He was censored because he dared to criticize their advertisers. The news media called Bobby Kennedy a Nazi, and then they attacked his family. But he kept doing it. He was not intimidated, and we were glad he wasn't. This is one of those moments when it's nice to have a truth teller around. It's helpful because suddenly the stakes are very high. Considering what's happening in Ukraine, a topic most of us don't know much about because the details are not reported. It was a year ago that every media outlet in the United States, from USA Today to the New York Times, told you it was a dangerous conspiracy theory to believe the U.S. government had ever funded secret biolabs in Ukraine. The idea was ridiculous. In fact, it was Russian disinformation. And then one day, in sworn testimony, Toria Newland of the State Department accidentally admitted that it was true. Yes, she said, there are many secret biolabs in Ukraine. And, quote, we are now, in fact, quite concerned that Russian troops, Russian forces, may be seeking to gain control of them. Wait a second, you may be wondering. Why does the U.S. government maintain secret biolabs in a primitive country like Ukraine? Why not Austria? Why Ukraine? And why didn't we dismantle and remove these secret biolabs when the war with Russia started? Nobody ever explained that. This show was attacked for asking the question. Now we have learned that actually it is far worse than just biolabs. Not only has the Biden administration been maintaining these labs in Ukraine in the middle of a war, 
It also has, quote, sensitive nuclear technology in Ukraine as well. And no, we're not making that up. They admitted it today. Why? While Ukrainian staff are still operating the Zaporizhia a nuclear power plant, it does fall under the control of Russian armed forces and is currently being managed by Russia's state-owned uh, uh, nuclear energy firm, Rosatom. So this is a significant concern. And essentially, in this letter that has been reviewed by CNN, sent by the U.S. Department of Energy to Rosatom, the U.S. government has essentially warned Moscow not to touch the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant because of this sensitive American nuclear technology at the plant. So many questions here, but we'll begin with the biggest one. What exactly is, quote, sensitive American nuclear technology? Sensitive American nuclear technology? Probably not to produce energy. No one in the media is going to ask that question. But if it's in the middle of Ukraine, in the middle of a war, it stands to reason this sensitive American nuclear technology has military applications. In other words, these are nuclear weapons. What else could they be? We'll stop speculating there. But take three steps back. This is all so crazy and so reckless, it is hard to believe it's happening. Here you have a Democratic president gone completely off the rails, completely, with existentially dangerous consequences, prosecuting a war that can only hurt the United States, a war with no upside. It is awful to watch. But it is not without precedent. Something similar happened 55 years ago in 1968 another remarkably turbulent and ugly year in American history that has many parallels to this. That spring, in March of 1968, Robert F. Kennedy Sr., the former attorney general, the brother to the slain president, announced his candidacy against the incumbent, fellow Democrat Lyndon Johnson. And the overriding issue then, as now, was a pointless war then in progress. This is from Robert Kennedy Sr.'s announcement. I am announcing today my candidacy for the presidency of the United States. I run to seek new policies, policies to end the bloodshed in Vietnam and in our cities, policies to close the gaps that now exist between black and white, between rich and poor, between young and old, in this country and around the rest of the world. I run for the presidency because I want the Democratic Party and the United States of America to stand for hope instead of despair, for reconciliation of men instead of the growing risk of world war. To be clear, Robert F. Kennedy was not against all war on principle. He was against that war because he believed, with a lot of evidence, that it was not helping the United States in any way. But you weren't allowed to say that. He did. Party bosses hated him for that. But rank-and-file Democrats loved him. They put pictures of his face in their homes like icons. In the end, they named a football stadium after him in Washington. That was more than half a century ago. He was, of course, murdered in June of that year. But now Kennedy's son is embarking on a similar challenge to his own party and for similar reasons. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. announced today that he is running for president in the primary against Joe Biden. Here's part of what he said. We were told initially that the objective was humanitarian. Many of the steps that we've taken in the Ukraine have seemed to indicate that our interest is in prolonging the war rather than shortening it. So if those are our objectives, to have regime change and exhaust the Russians, 
that is completely antithetical to a humanitarian mission. If it's that's supposed to be the face of extremism, but that's not extreme. It's rational and calm and well-deliberated. Bobby Kennedy himself is not extreme. He is deeply insightful. And above all, he is honest, no matter what you think of the substance of what he says. Here, for example, is his recent analysis of the Biden administration's foreign policy. Big picture. Quote, the collapse of U.S. influence over Saudi Arabia and the kingdom's new alliances with China and Iran are painful emblems of the abject failure of the neocon strategy of maintaining U.S. global hegemony with aggressive projections of military power. China has displaced the American empire by deftly projecting instead economic power. Over the past decade, our country has spent trillions bombing roads, ports, bridges, and airports. China has spent the equivalent building the same across the developing world. The Ukraine war is the final collapse of the neocon short-lived American century." End quote. Now you may agree with that analysis, maybe you don't. Either way, if you're an honest person, you understand this is exactly the moment in our history when we need serious adult conversations about the world around us, a world that is changing to our detriment and how we ought to respond to those changes. Bobby Kennedy would love to have those conversations. He's not running to get rich. He's running to make things better, but he's not allowed to have those conversations. He's been censored. Other media won't even talk to him. He criticized their advertisers. Here was the reaction on television today. The anti-vaccine activist Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has filed paperwork to run for president as a Democrat in 2024. You see it on Fox News. You see it from Joe Rogan. You, I hear it from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. There are a lot of dangerous people out there who are not accepting the fact that these vaccines protect people from dying from COVID. I've written for years about Robert Kennedy and other liberals who are absurd in their anti-vaccine, anti-science activities. Uh, people like the, the Robert F. Kennedy Juniors, the people with big platforms that are using them to be anti-mask and anti-vax. Yeah. <laughs> He's extreme. He's dangerous, said one. Notice not there, not anywhere, is a point-by-point -point rebuttal of his actual points. They never engage him on the facts. They can't. They would lose. Instead, they impugn his character. Now, that man they call dangerous is Joe Biden's leading primary opponent, and their view remains the same. Shut up. You're not allowed to talk. We disagree with that. We're not Democrats, but Bobby Kennedy is one of the most remarkable people we have ever met, and we are honored to have him on our show tonight. He joins us now. Bobby, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so you are, of course, being dismissed as a vaccine nut, but watching your announcement today, it wasn't about pharma even so much as it was about America's place in the world and what do we do about it. If you wouldn't mind summarizing for our viewers where you think we are and what you think we ought to do. Uh, well, I gave a long speech, Tucker, and thank you again for uh, having me on. Of course. And for that very kind of an introduction. Um, you know, they, I think that the general theme of my speech was this corrupt merger of state and corporate power, which has uh, which has gotten uh, which is turning our country into a corporate kleptocracy, into a system of socialism for the rich and this kind of a cushy socialism for the rich and this kind of brutal, um, merciless capitalism for the poor. Uh, it keeps us in a state of war. It bails out banks at the same time that it, it, you know, this month, last month, the United States government told 30 million people it was cutting their welfare, their food stamp checks by 90 percent. 
it took it took 15 million people off of Medicare. The same month, it gave 300 million dollars to the Silicon Valley Bank, and tapped up the cost of the Ukraine war to 113 billion. We're sending 113 billion to the Ukraine. The entire budget of EPA is 12 billion. The budget of CDC is 11 billion. We have 57% of American citizens could not put their hands on $1,000 if they have an emergency. A quarter of our citizens are hungry. So we're cutting welfare and food stamps by 90%. And we're paying and we're bailing out the bankers. We're paying for a war that, you know, we, you know, we can't afford. And, um, and with the way that we do this is by printing money. We've printed 10 centuries of money in the last 14 years. And that, is, that caused the inflation, which raises food, which is, a, which is a tax on the poor. So, you know, we've raised food prices for basic foods like chicken, dairy, and milk by 76% in the last two years. And now we're cutting people's food stamps and bailing out banks the same month. It, uh, it doesn't make any sense. And we need to get rid of this kind of corporate control of our government. It comes from uh, this, you know, it, 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 our, our democracy is devolving into kind of a corporate plutocracy. I, I would think that what you just said, and, I, and I'll just be honest, I agree with most of it. Um, but even if I didn't, I would think, boy, that's a really interesting thing to say. You have a coherent worldview. You've written a lot of books on these topics. You've clearly thought about it. You're not in it for the money. So don't these issues deserve a wide hearing uh, before the public entering a presidential year? It seems to me that they do. I would think they would, and particularly the issues of war. And, you know, my son went over and fought in the Ukraine. As I said today, I think we're, you know, people, the, the major doyens, sort of diplomatic, the most respected diplomatic gurus like Henry Kissinger and Jack Matlock and Larry Wilkinson have all said the Ukraine war is a huge problem for our country because it, from a geopolitical standpoint, it's driving the Russians close to the Chinese, which is the worst thing for us. But we're there for the right reasons because we have tremendous compassion for the Ukrainian people and the illegal invasion, the brutality, and also their valor and their courage. My own son was serving over there. He joined a special forces unit as a machine gunner. He fought in the Kharkiv offensive. Americans care about the underdog. They care about that kind of suffering. But the question is, why are we in the Ukraine? Because Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, said that we're there to exhaust the Russians. President Biden has said that we're there to, to, to deplatform, to depose Vladimir Putin. And if that's why we're there, and we're killing a lot of Ukrainians as pawns in a proxy war between, between two great powers. Here's one last thing I would say. Nobody talks about this. There's 14,000 Ukrainian civilians who have died, but 300,000 troops. The Russians are killing Ukrainians at a seven to one to eight to one ratio. They cannot sustain this. What we're being told about this war is just not true. No, it's not true. And I would hope, despite the fact you criticize their advertisers, other media outlets would have enough respect for our country and for its voters to give what you said a hearing, because I think it's really important. And we're, again, grateful that you came on our show tonight. You're always welcome. Bobby Kennedy, Jr., thank you. Thank you very much, Tucker. Okay.
Guess Who, the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast. Not so live from Flight Path, 53rd Duval, North Austin. Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast, James Howard Kunzler and I. We both have Patreon pages. Hopefully, Nash Security State ain't blocking his. Maybe mine sucks, who knows? All right. <clears throat> Again, um, always a reminder my buddy, John Black, at Black on Blues on Twitter. Tom's meditation again on never, don't let the perfect become the enemy of the good. Today, Jim begins, Bobby steps up with RFK Jr. himself. He did uh, Tucker last night, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Running for president, running for the nomination for the Democrats. Jim Hightower now will get behind that. So again, go ahead to the Radio Zeitgeist YouTube channel now. Uh, also go to the locals. And I got another handle on Rumble with our future bestie, um, I always have trouble, Russell Brand. RFK Jr. quote, It is neither our position nor our circumstances that define us, according to the Stoics. But our response to those circumstances, when destiny crushes us, small heroic gestures of courage and service can bring us peace and fulfillment. In applying our shoulder to the stone, we give order to a chaotic universe. He's, he's basically uh, referencing the Logos. Articulated speech um, fleshes out the objective psyche that we all share to Carl Jung. Jim begins, of course, Yahoo News and all the rest of the in-the-tank news media greeted Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential announcement by branding him a, quote, noted anti-vaxxer, as if that's a bad thing. Yes, noted, thank you very much. Reuters elaborated, quote, Kennedy has been banned from YouTube and Instagram for spreading misinformation about vaccines and the COVID-19 pandemic. By now, whenever you see the agitprop platitude spreading misinformation, does your brain not instantly translate that into telling the truth, Jim asks? And by now, does banishment from social media not tell you that certain guilty parties Recognize a truth teller when they see one. To wit, my uh, Patreon page, I would argue here for three years. Not a dime in it yet. Continuing, Bobby Kennedy stepped up on Wednesday and gave a long and comprehensive speech so rich with historic resonance, intelligence, and flat-out bravery in the face of, let's face it, a satanic opposition, I'm into that, Jim, that he made every other figure in this land aspiring to high office within memory look like quality control rejects from evolution's homo sapiens assembly line. For 90 minutes in a Boston ballroom, RFK Jr. told America the truth, that its entire matrix of leadership has laid one trip after another on our country, going all the way back to the murders of his father and uncle, and he did it plainly, gently, humorously at times, but with an unmistakable gravitas and decorum that must scare the bejesus out of the low life forms currently running things. Here, here, partner Jim. Most of all, Bobby demonstrated that there is a way out of the bad faith wilderness America has been lost in for years. He spoke to the audience in the ballroom into the country in an adult conversational tone, without notes, as if he expected that voters would actually understand the problems we face. The wicked partnerships of corporations and governments to swindle and gaslight the public. The reckless military adventurism for profit campaign that has bankrupted the USA, now culminating in a Ukraine fiasco. 
the botched response to the COVID-19 episode, and the chicanery that induced it, the insults to our ecosystem that are destroying the other organisms who live with us on this planet, and the financial chicanery that is driving America into inflation and bankruptcy. He reminded the nation of the good faith efforts 60 years ago to end racial injustice, which has lately turned into a series of dispiriting hustles to promote antagonism and separation. Look for me to post that um, Malcolm X idea about political football. And of course, the late great Malcolm Shabazz singled out the white liberal. Continuing Bobby's entry onto the national stage is already a shock to the political system, which is why the captive news media is trying so hard to squash the news about it. They know that he brings something to this game that can trip up the players currently on the field and take the contest of 2024 in a wholly different direction than the owners of the game expected. I'm going to do all, I, do all I can to yoke him to a Tulsi Gabbard. I've been leaving messages with her. Bobby's confident adult demeanor at the podium alone is a reassuring and sharp contrast to the spookish mental vacancy of Joe Biden in the egotistic childishness of Mr. Trump. Voters will not fail to notice the difference. Possibly even woke Democrats lost in vaccine raptures and other cultish transports of self-righteousness. I just met one here today, in fact, at the, show, at the coffee joint. I think RFK Jr. sees very clearly the historic moment he represents. He's keenly aware of the shade thrown over this land by the murders of his father and President Kennedy. And he has said flat out in so many words that our own CIA was behind the dastardly acts. For sure they were, Tom adds. He was in a position to know the animus between JFK and the founding director of the CIA, Alan Dulles, and the reckless blunders of the agency and its partners in the Pentagon who buffaloed President Kennedy into the Bay of Pigs farce and then tried to drag him deeper into the Vietnam quagmire. JFK resisted that, threatening to shred the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter them to the four winds. And Alan Dulles whacked him. He got away with it in the same way that today's intel community got away with Russiagate and all their subsequent crimes. In short, Bobby Kennedy knows what it looks like when a government is at war against its own people. Everybody I know, Jim writes, is justifiably worried that the intel spooks might have no qualms about whacking Bobby Jr. He is at least as dangerous to the establishment today as his father and uncle were back in the day. Thus, his bravery is his bravery in stepping up now, knowing what he knows. At the least, he will drag a set of issues into the political arena, I'm going to do my part to help him, that his rivals would prefer to keep out in the cold and dark. He'll get some assistance from events themselves, which are spooling out fast now. The neocons Ukraine project had gone south. The result, which should be hugely embarrassing to our state and defense departments, will be the paradox of Russia restoring order to a region that we wrecked on purpose at great cost to the denizens of Ukraine, and as Bobby pointed out, at great cost to the shattered American middle class. America will also have to face all the criminal activities around the COVID-19 story, the machinations of Dr. Fauci and company in developing the virus and then the vaccines, which proved to be so harmful and deadly. The stupid, disastrous lockdowns, in the government-directed censorship campaign against all and any voices in opposition to medical tyranny. Most of all, the Democratic Party faces a severe reformation. 
It's about to be dragged kicking and screaming out of the diabolical woke hall of mirrors it gambled into under the Clintons and Barack Obama. How those characters deal with the uncomfortable reality of RFK Jr. will be something to behold. Finally, there is the news straight from the New York Times that Joe Biden intends to announce his re-election plans within days. The idea is preposterous, of course, the old grifter visibly oxidizing a little more each day in plain sight of the whole world. Did my partner ride or what? Summing up, in fact, it's just another one of their lies, another trip they're laying on America. The establishment Dems are actually prepping Gavin Newsom to run another haircut in search of a brain like John Kerry before him. Governor Newsom, the man who almost overnight proudly turned California into a third world shithole. That's who Bobby Kennedy will be debating one way or another in the many months ahead. James Kunstler, Tom Friedley, look for Bobby to get with Jim Hightower and I. Again, Bat City Tejas, don't don't wait. Go to the anemic YouTube channel for Radio Zeitgeist. Subscribe now. You're not going to want to miss these conversations. Bat City Tejas, Radio Zeitgeist, setting America back on course that we veered away from tragically since November 22, 1963. Time for Ely 4, Radio Zeitgeist.
was just a dream That was just a dream That's me in the corner That's me in the spotlight Losing my religion Trying to keep up with you And I don't know if I can do it Just